So this morning's text is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made, and in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Well, good morning, church family. Hey, for those that don't know who I am, my name is Lee Willis, and I'm the student pastor here. I get to oversee the 6th through 12th grade students in our church, and it's a lot of fun. We just last Sunday had our first ever uh, Christmas light scavenger hunt, and I learned something about this town. Uh, there's an actual dancing Christmas tree in the road. Uh, if you didn't know that, head over uh, that way somewhere. I can't remember the road. I had somebody guide me there, and uh, there was legit a dude in a Christmas tree out in the street dancing around, so it was pretty interesting. But it was awesome at the same time. Hey, this morning I get the privilege, man, I keep sticking on this tape this morning. It's this X that marks the spot that tells me do not move from here because of the camera guy. And I keep trying to move and the stick's like, hey, remember, do not move. Yeah, it's working, it's doing its job. Anyways, back to the real reason I'm up here, not because of the sticker. But hey, this morning I get the privilege of sharing the word with you, literally. And our series this month is Everyday Christmas. And the whole idea behind it is we're looking at rhythms that operate in the Christmas story that are true for every Christian today. And just as these rhythms were part of their lives then, they are also meant to be a part of our everyday lives now. And so that's what we're doing this. So if you've been with us or haven't, and you can go online and check those out, but the first week, Pastor Brad talked about prayer. Last week, he talked about serving. This week, I talk about the word, and next week, he'll come back and talk about worship. And these are ways we hope that everybody every day is practicing because we believe with all our heart that if you're practicing these four habits, you'll see major growth in your life. And you'll see intimate relationship with God and you'll see all these beautiful things come to reality. And we'll talk about some of that this morning. And for me, I think it's interesting because I grew up in the church. So I've always been a part of the church my whole life. And in that, I've had my seasons with the Bible, to be honest. So when I was a kid... I wasn't as in the Bible every day, like, you know, we're going to call everybody to you because I was a kid. But here's the beauty. Like we didn't have a kid's pastor of the church I grew up or a student pastor of the church I grew up. We had just a lead pastor, but we had great volunteers. And those people love the Bible and they love teaching us kids about the Bible. And I'll tell you, we didn't miss out because of that. One of the people I want to give credit to this morning, he's not here this morning, but Nathan Work, if you know him at all in our church, he helps with our kids' ministry, and he's got such a massive heart for the Bible, and such so that his goal is that every kid, by the time they get to middle school, knows where all the books of the Bible are, and they give these things called dog tags out, and it's really cool what they say on them, but every kid that gets a dog tag means, in order, all 66 books of the Bible, they've sent them to him in one shot. And it's amazing. So in the last few weeks, four kids have gained a dog tag. How cool is that? Which means they're learning their Bible, which is important. 
And so then I went to middle school and high school, and let's be honest, if you know my story at all, I really wasn't in at that moment to finding out what God wanted for my life. I wanted to know what other people wanted for my life, and it wasn't always good stuff. Then I got to the point where I hit 21, and that's when God grabbed me through the word. And that's why I felt privileged to get to preach a couple times in the book of James, because when I was 21, that was the book that told me and shared with me that, hey, you've known God forever, but you haven't made the Lord of your life yet. And in that moment, that's when everything changed for me, and that's when everything hit for me, was because all of a sudden I was like, okay, let's figure out how to do this. And so the word's always been important to me and how it's impacted my life. And even now today, it still impacts my life because I'll tell you, if anybody has had the habit of being in the Bible every day, you know like me that if you miss one day, you feel it or you know it. Like I could pretty much guarantee and tell you if I've missed my Bible time that morning, how the day's gonna go. It's not gonna go real well because my head's not gonna be in the right place. I'm not really gonna be as loving as I try to be. There's all these things that come into play that happen, and I'll tell you, the days I am in my Bible, there's something beautiful about this. It's about the peace that comes across with it. There's like a calmness that it brings. It helps me refocus. Helps me obviously get to know God more. But it also shows me, hey, you're not doing so hot right now in this season with this area of life. And I don't want to go a day without this anymore. It's so important. But just as today it was important, it was important back in the time of Christ too. See, we have the whole Bible, right? Old Testament, New Testament. They had the Old Testament. And that's what they based their life and their info off of. And we're going to look at that here now. So in Luke chapter one, that's where it starts. Luke is probably one of the more famous books when we talk about the Christmas story, right? Like Matthew actually gives a good account too to the Christmas story and actually adds different components that we don't get in Luke. But Luke is usually one we go to when we talk to the Christmas story. But here's why I love how Luke starts the book though. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Now, I love this. There's two things I want to point out to you this morning from this. First, he goes on to say, many have undertaken to drop an account. Well, he, we know that Luke wasn't alive prior, right? He was alive during and a little bit after, right? And so he's trying to bring all this into what he's learned, what he's been told, what's been brought to him to give us a great picture of who Christ is, how Christ lived, what Christ wanted from us, all these things to know Christ better. But here's what he goes on to say. We're gonna bring up this account and here's the beauty that have been fulfilled among us. See, here's the thing he's already getting across with the Christmas story. Before even talking about Jesus, he's saying, I want you to know ahead of time everything the Old Testament said about Jesus has been fulfilled. The Old Testament that we know back then has been completed. He came and he did everything he said. 
And everything that God said was going to happen, happened. Right in the beginning, before you start talking about Jesus, he wants you to know that everything God said comes to be. And it did. The other thing I love is he goes on to say this, from the first eyewitness, and then he goes on to say this, and the servants of the word. What was the goal of disciples? Tell people about Jesus. Well, who's the word? We saw in John 1, right? Jesus. And we'll talk more about that here in a little bit. But there's this beauty that he's saying, here's this thing. It's not only been fulfilled, but those people that were called to pass down what was to be told, the Bible, are doing it. They're serving like they're supposed to. They're passing on to other people who Jesus is. The word. And here's the idea when it comes to the word. The word, honestly, is about intimacy with God. Like that's, that's the deepest part of why we're in our Bible, right? You want to be intimate with God and so thus you're gonna spend time with God, right? Now think about this. I'm gonna give you a little heads up to my wife and I's relationship. I wanted to get to know my wife, right? I wanted to know she was the one I was gonna marry someday, right? Like most of us do that get married. Like at some point, you gotta get to know somebody, right? If you wanna be friends with them, any kind of relationship you wanna have, you gotta get to know them, right? I guess you could not, but that'd be a little different. So you know what I did on our first date? I made this beautiful dinner in my little 600 square foot home. And after that dinner, I took her out to the backyard and I threw her in the pond. No, I'm just kidding. I did have a pond, it was really cool. I built the fire pit, we sat around the fire pit and for the next three hours, I quizzed her on her theology. That is not a joke. I drilled this woman for three hours because I wanted to make sure she was the right one for me. Forget anything else. What do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about God? Now some of you are like, thank you Lord, my husband or wife is not Pastor Lee, right? And I remember she told me weeks later her best friend called after she knew the date was over and she goes, how'd it go? And she's like, I have never been drilled like that before. Why? In the end, it's because I wanted to get to know her, right? I wanted to know her heart. I wanted to know what she was about. I didn't just want to know all these fluffy things up top, which I think she's amazing and beautiful. Obviously, I married her. But I wanted to get to know her, right? In a deep way. And, I, and honestly, at that point in my life, I was closing on 30 and I was kind of like, hey, let's just cut to the chase. I'm getting too old for this. Let's figure this out, right? Let's just do it. If it's gonna be, it's gonna be. If it's not, it's not, right? But it's the same way with our everyday relationships. It's our everyday relationship with God. We wanna get to know him. We wanna spend time with him. And where else can you do that besides the Bible? It's the one source we have to have an intimate relationship with our Father. But here's the beauty. Going to the Christmas story itself now, we see examples of this intimacy. 
And I believe first it starts with Joseph and Mary, the parents. Now, if you're like me, so this is how I play when I study the Bible. I like to think of it the way the Bible says it, and then I like to get my little middle school mind and start thinking different things, right? And in my mindset, I'm thinking, okay, here's Joseph and Mary, and here's Jesus, right? In my head, I'm like, they have the best, easiest parenting job in the world because it's Jesus, right? Please. He's still a kid, right? He's still human. But here's the other thing. I think God picked them on purpose. I think there's a reason he picked them on purpose. I believe he picked them on purpose because of who they were and their heart for him. And their heart for the word. Is why, folks, if we're being honest, we set the example right in our house. If you're a parent or a grandparent or, or an aunt and uncle or somebody that has kids in your house, you set the tone for your house. You either lead kids closer to Christ or you lead them further away from Christ, like it or not. And Mary and Joseph, I believe with all my heart, led them closer to Christ. Well, now that's funny in my head. Sorry, middle school boy moment. But here's why. Joseph was faithful to the law. You know how I know how? Matthew 119 shares this. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to the public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. This is right after Mary was found to be pregnant. He knew his Bible. He knew what was supposed to happen. He knew what was expected. He knew that the law was requiring and asking of him because of what happened. Now, did he know the, all the whys and hows? No. That's why angel had to come into play. But I believe one of the reasons Joseph got to be part of the life of this and the father is because of his heart for the Bible. He wanted to live it out. See, that's the beauty. You know who's in their Bible or not, folks. By how they're living their life and choosing to live their life. See, I can't believe anything different that as parents, they, not only were they examples to Jesus and his other siblings, but they also held to the word and that impacted how they lived. I believe that's why Mary responded the way she did. In the moment that the angel came and said, I'm gonna ask this of you, and she said, I'll do whatever God asks of me. Because both of them had an intimate relation with God and a lot of it had to do with the Old Testament. They wanted to live the way God wanted them to live. They wanted to figure this out too, like we tried to. Even in Luke chapter two, it goes on to show their love for the Bible. And it goes on to say, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. They already knew this. And that's why they lived it out and said, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons, their whole thing in that story, that part, is to present Jesus to the Lord. They're following the Bible. They're living out the Bible. They're trying to be the examples to their family. This is how we live. This is what the Bible asks of us. This is what the Bible wants from us. We set the tone. My boys, Christy and I, is my wife's name if you don't know that, our heart from the get-go when we had kids was we want them to be in the Bible every day. 
And we want them to love the Bible. And my boys are the age now where we've been talking some other stuff. They've been asking questions. And one of the questions is, like, Daddy, when you become a grandpa, like, what does that mean later in life? And we've had to talk about some of these things. But here's my heart for my boys. I'm always going to love them and always be there for them. That's not a question. But I want them to love God more. Amen? I want them to know his Bible and be in his Bible because here's the truth. And I've told boys, both boys this. Boys, I love you immensely and I always be there for you. But here's the truth. Only God can really be there for you. And here's the truth. Someday God's going to take daddy home. And God is what you'll have. And I want that for you. I had a sweet text this morning. This isn't to brag on me or anything. It makes me cry. Christy, my wife, texted me before service. She goes, I want you to know something about your youngest. He goes, I am thankful for my daddy who tells people about Jesus. That's what I want for my boys. I want them to see that and know that. But it all starts here. We read the Bible to them every night. Right now we're reading through Luke. You know what's interesting? I don't think God does anything by accident. You realize Luke is 24 chapters. If you start with Luke on the first night, what night do you get done? Christmas Eve. The next day, well, who do we celebrate's birth? Jesus is right. God doesn't do it on accident. So in one month, my boys get to learn all of Jesus' life. You know what I love about it too? is now my boys are the point where we're not setting the tone. They are asking us when we're gonna read the Bible. Like we read other books with them and they don't sit there and go, hey, let's read this book. They're like, we'll pass on those books, but we're not missing on the Bible. That's what I want. And that's what I want for you. I want for your families that it's such a big deal that you don't ever want to miss it one day. Why? Because in the end, this is about intimacy with your father. And Jesus' parents, folks, they lived it. They believed it. They, you see it over and over again in the story. And they were examples as parents to their son. I believe part of the reason why he went to the temple and did what he did when he was a teenager was because of his parents' example. They followed the Lord. They wanted to have that intimate relationship with him. And that's why he questioned going, why are you even asking this? You know where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be with my father. Well, who set that tone? Them, right? But then we come to the other person in the Christmas story, and that's Jesus. I think it's beautiful when we talk about Jesus. We talk about his ultimate purpose, right? Why he came. He came to die for us, right? I think a lot of times we jump to Easter too fast right after Christmas. Because there's a lot of story in between, isn't there? There's a lot of life in between. There's a lot we can learn and go through in between. Here's the beauty. Just like we read in John, right? In the beginning was the word. Here's the truth. The Christmas story has always existed and always has existed and always will exist. Why? Because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he was with the beginning 
Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made. And that has been made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And we believe that to be Jesus. This baby that came, when we look at him, was not only to come die for us, but he was to come teach us. He was to come guide us, show us all these things. Eventually, yes, become a man and die for us, but let's not miss the now. And here's the now. He is the word. Right here is Jesus, folks. If you want to get to know Jesus, read your book. If you want to know what he wants from you and for you, read your Bible. I have students, I've been doing this for over 20 years now, student ministries, and I've had students go, man, Jesus isn't like here. I wish he was here. And I'm like, yeah, physically he's not. He's up with Jesus, or not Jesus. Jesus is up with God in heaven, right? But you still have him right here. He left you this book to spend time with you, to be with you, to teach you, to guide you, to show you who he is and what he wants for you, how he wants you to live, who you are because of a relationship with him. That's why being in the Bible is so important, folks, because you're not only just being in a book, you're being with Jesus. This baby that came to, yes, eventually die for you. But he came to be with you, Emmanuel, God with us, right? God's with us, always, every day, if we're willing to pull this out and spend time in it. And here's the other thing I believe. Just like back then, I believe Jesus was living and active back then, Right? I believe because of his word, he's living and active still today. Amen? He's still living and active today. None of that has changed because he's physically gone. Because he gave us his Bible. He gave us this beautiful gift to remember him by, to live by. I love what one author says. I read it this week in a book I was reading. He said the Holy Spirit was the inspiration behind every word of the Bible. I mean, this is the beauty why it all works together, why when you read your Bible more and more, you're like, whoa, that connects here, that connects there. Whoa, that worked, that makes sense now why they're saying it here, right? All that works together, why? Because the Holy Spirit was the inspiration behind the whole thing. But here's the truth the author says. So the starting point for a new relationship with him is the word. Like if you've gone to church for any amount of time, you've probably heard a pastor or two say, hey, if you have never been in the Bible or if you're new to the faith, my encouragement will be to get in the book of John. Why? Because get in the Bible and get to know Jesus, right? Spend time with him, learn about him, learn who he is. Why? Because in its pages, we learn how God walks and talks and thinks and acts. And as we read and study, we discover his personality and his character. If you want to get to know God, you have to read his word. Folks, if you want an intimate relationship with God, you gotta spend time here. This is why we give a Bible out to every student in our student ministries. 
we want to have fun and we want to be a secure place and all that. But I tell students and leaders all the time, if I can only do two things by the time a student graduates from me is help them learn how to pray, which if you go back a couple weeks ago, you could hear Pastor Brad share about that and be in the Bible. If students before they graduate from here, high school can learn those two things, we win. We can have fun, we do, we have fun. I'm a huge dork, you should see me some days. You probably saw me last Sunday walking around in my outfit. But in the end, I fail these students if I don't get them in their Bible and I fail these students if I don't teach them how to pray. It's that important. But here's the other thing, when it comes back to this relational thing. I wanna open a door today. If there is somebody in here that does not have a relationship with Christ yet, I wanna give that opportunity today. If you have not started a relationship with Christ yet, my prayer is that you will today. And if you want to talk to somebody, I'll be up here after service. I know there's other people around willing and happily willing to talk. But start your relationship today. Here's the other thing. If you don't have your own Bible, when you walk out these doors today and go to the right just a little bit, there's a whole area where Bibles are. Please take one. That's our gift to you. We already gave eight Bibles out last service. I love it. Because what a better gift to give somebody on Christmas than their own first Bible. So if you have never been given a Bible yet or have your own Bible, please feel free to grab one before you leave today. And get in the book of John. It's one of the Gospels. You'll start learning more about Jesus and learning who Jesus is. Or if you have questions, get in your Bible. Get in a Bible. It'll be there. There's a gentleman named Lee Strobel. I don't know how many of you have heard of this guy's name, but he used to write one of the papers in Chicago. who was one of the editors. And he was out to disprove Christianity. Like, that was his heart. Like, I'm gonna make sure all these Christians under, understand they're wrong. And so he did diligent work in studying the Bible in all these other articles. And you know what happened? He realized it's true. And now he's written a number of books. You can go on any website and look up books by Lee Strobel and he's one of the leading evangelists on faith and who Jesus is and he's got all this backing to prove it right. This is a dude that tried to prove it wrong. You know where he started? A dude trying to prove the Bible wrong started right there in the Bible and guess what? He got proven wrong. Why? Because this is true. He's right there. Jesus is right here going, if anybody will come to me, I will show them the truth. And if they want a relationship with me, we'll grow together. But you gotta spend time in there. I was looking up this week, a friend of mine sent me this thing from the Center of Bible Engagement. I want you to hear this uh, more important why the Bible's so big deal and being in the Bible. So now they're talking about this language of the power of four, okay? So if you're in the Bible one to three times or zero, they're not seeing much different in a lot of people's lives right now. But if somebody's in the Bible four times 
a week or up to seven every day, they're seeing differences. And here's some of the differences they're learning. So the first category is lower. So they're seeing those people four times or more in the Bible getting drunk 57% 57 less. They're seeing people have sex outside of marriage 68% less. People that are in the Bible four times or more. They're seeing people feel lonely 30% less. They're seeing people with anger issues 32% less. So I tease some people in the first service, whack each other and say, hey, get in your Bible. Bitterness is down 40%. Why? Folks, there's a battle for our heart and our mind and our souls. You know what's interesting about that? That battle is the opposite of what God wants, right? He wants all of our mind and our heart and our souls. And one of the ways to win that battle is keep you out of here. But here's interesting. They share three things that blew my mind. It's still there, but it kind of got blown up this week. These are hires. People in the Bible four times a week or more were 228% higher to share their faith. To make disciples, have the courage and the confidence to go make disciples, up 231% people being there but why because man when you start understanding the bible and knowing the bible it's like what the holy spirit told you in the bible i will give you the words you need right third one this one like blew me up 407 percent of people that have been about four times or more a week have memorized their bible or started memorizing scripture That's huge. That's huge in the lowering factor and that's huge in the higher factor. Why? Because when people start focusing on Jesus and spending time with Jesus, you can't help but change. And not just help but change, you can't help but be focused on the right thing. And so a lot of these other things that seem to matter don't matter as much, right? That's why when I talked to you earlier about the calming and the peace factor, Let's be honest, life someday stinks, right? We could use other language some days, right? But when we're with Jesus, in the end, that doesn't matter. And it's not at the same level. Folks, it matters, it's important. One, because intimacy with your father. Two, it changes your life forever. And we can see it. So here's my challenge. Here's our challenge. Going into next year, would you commit to being in the Bible every day? Commit to being in the Bible every day. Be with your Father every day. Here's what I want to do I want to show you some examples. And and the reason I want to show you these examples is because here's one of the things I believe finding our style helps us focus on who we are. So here's why I say that. So I've met with a lot of people over the years about being in their Bible. And there's a lot of people that just aren't the same way as everybody else, right? We're all different. So the being in the Bible sometimes looks different. Now, can we stretch ourselves? Always. But for some of us, we just need to start. We need to start where we are and who we are. So for some of us, we love the checklist 
and we need to check off stuff. And for some of us, being in the Bible all year, reading the whole Bible one year might be the thing you need to do. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you've been in the Bible every day and you're like, man, I've never read the whole Bible in a year though. Maybe that's something for you this year. Be in the Bible the whole year. But if you're sitting there going like, that's a lot, which it is. Maybe next year you can chunk it down a little bit and just do the Old Testament or the New Testament in that year. Here's another way to look at it. Study a book of the Bible. I had a friend challenge me one year, study a book every month. Read a chapter a day. Or read a verse a day. God doesn't look at you and go, man, if you don't read X amount every day, we're not going to have intimacy. He's looking at you going, I just want to spend time with you. You know what's amazing? I bet the majority of us in this room have this. You know what this is? A phone. I won't give my kids this and they're annoyed as all get out because they want one. And I'm like, you don't know the dangers too though. But here's one of the beauties of this. There's a beautiful app and there's many apps out there now about being in the Bible. If nothing else, get a Bible on your phone or your iPad or whatever you use and get your Bible. The version app, like they have a verse a day. Read a verse a day if that's how you get started. They have a devotional actually with the verse a days now. It's really cool. It's a short couple minute video. Folks, just be in the Bible. Here's, here's one of the things I dream of in all sincerity of any church. What would it look like if a church, a whole church, were to be in the Bible every day together for a whole year? What would you and I and us look like at the end of 24? You know what I believe? I believe this with all my heart. I believe if we were all in the Bible every day, all next year, you and I would change in a good way. But we would change this community as well. Because how can you not help living out what God wants for you if you're in here with God every day? Because he'll help you. And he'll show you. And there's stats to prove it. But how do you do it? Here's the second thing I want to encourage you with. Besides looking at these examples and finding what helps you best get in the Bible every day. Because the truth is, I love reading. I could sit and read all day, every day. So it's different. Not everybody's like that. Some people don't like books. They see a book and they run the other way. So maybe you need to be just in a verse or a few verses a day. That's okay. But here's the second thing, stay accountable with someone. That will help you keep on pace. I've got a number of brothers across the country that are in ministry. Some I mentor and some are just brothers that I've had over the years. We talk to each other on the phone every month. You know one of the questions we ask each other every month? Are you in your Bible? And if you've been in your Bible, what are you reading? What is God showing you? What is God teaching you? How are you growing? And if not, Are you gonna get back on track? Here's the interesting thing about this though. I will use myself as an example and it's a little bit of embarrassment, I'm okay. You cannot find an accountability partner and then ask them to keep you accountable and then get mad at them for keeping you accountable. So here's my example, it's not the Bible. It's the treadmill. I say I want to get on the treadmill. We have a treadmill in our bedroom. 
I need to get on the treadmill. I say this over and over again. I got to get on the treadmill. My wife's like, all right, I'll keep you accountable to get on the treadmill. I say, someday I'll get on the treadmill. It's a great answer, right? Someday, you know, I'll get on the treadmill. So she'll ask me, hey, you going to get on the treadmill? You want to get on the treadmill? Leave me alone. You want, you want to get on the treadmill though, right? And I'm like, seriously? Back off. But hun, you asked me, I know I did, and I don't want to hear it right now. I'm tired. I want to lay in my bed and watch football. Or I want to play my Star Trek video game on my phone. Are you going to get on the treadmill? Someday I'll get on the treadmill. Why not today? Someday I'll get on, I mean, like, right? Like, how is that going to help anybody? It's just only annoying her. And then is she going to keep me accountable? Probably not, because it's like shutting her down. And I'm not helping myself because I'm not doing what I said I wanted to do and be who I said I wanted to be, right? Now, I'm not giving you all permission to ask me if I've been on the treadmill lately. That's not where I'm going with this. You can ask me the Bible, though. I'll give you full permission on that one. A treadmill, that's a little personal still. You got to find somebody to help you because we all know this, right? There's days we just miss it. And we need each other to help each other, lift each other up into this intimacy with God. We need to help each other grow in God. We need to help each other remind ourselves to be in the Bible. It's so important. It's so important and so powerful. And here's the truth. We have prime examples from our Christmas story. Mary and Joseph. And Jesus himself. So my hope and my prayer is that you be willing to consider this and see who you become in the next year by having a stronger relationship with Christ. Let's pray. So God, we do. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you gave us your word as a gift so we could know you and have a relationship with you Honestly, we don't have to miss out because we have it right here with us. So God, would you help each of us spend time with you every day? God, would you help us have an intimate relationship with you this coming year? And God, for those that already have that relationship, I'm thankful for them. And God, would you just keep encouraging them to keep going? And for God, for those of us in the room that have been struggle busing a little bit, would you help us get on the bus and get going? And God, for those in the room that don't have a relationship with you or questioning if they should, God, would you speak them today? God, for anybody that doesn't have their own Bible, would you use this moment for them to have the courage to go grab their own Bible and start being in it for themselves today? So God, we thank you for this. We thank you for these times. In your name, amen.